Welcome to NCBA's Cattleman's Call podcast with host Lane Nordland. Hey friends, welcome back to the Cattleman's Call here on our podcast airwaves. I'm Lane Nordland and it's been a few weeks since our last show. Life has just been busy for the folks at NCBA and for myself it is calving season for so many of us right now. But uh, hey, our guest today is a, a former guest on the show, and you may have uh, heard about her story, read about it, or even watched it. We're going out to the state of California today. We are joined by Ms. Kaya Twizzleman from the state of California. Kaya, how is your day going over in California today? Hello, Lane. So excited to be back on the show with you. It is going good. The sun is shining. I mean, we could always pray for some rain, but I'm thankful for the beautiful weather and uh, no complaints here. Well, that, that's great to hear. And uh, yeah, I tell you what, we're actually recording this show on, on April Fool's Day, so we're not going to do any pranks or anything like that. <laughs> uh, my, my dad got me pretty good this morning. I, I got up early, was doing radio, started the day at 4 a.m., and uh, my dad texts me and goes, hey, yeah, that, that cow you really like just had twins. And I'm like, oh, oh that's so... And, and he goes, April Fool's. And I'm like, that's probably one of the worst April Fool's jokes that's ever been, <laughs> ever been played on me. But... Uh, uh, for our listeners out there, Kaya joined us uh, for our podcast titled Ag Influencers, and she was joined by Macy Hurst from Missouri and Courtney Dehoff from Kansas, uh, now Texas, uh, over a year ago during the Cattle Industry Convention uh, 2020, uh, before the pandemic changed all of our lives. And uh, uh, Kaya, we had a great conversation about just being a voice for cattlemen and women, and uh, you shared uh, your story with us, and uh, it is one that I think everyone needs to hear. It's about believing in yourself, advocating for yourself, and just uh, uh, looking towards uh, goals and setting them, and just uh, becoming a, just living a better life. And uh, for our friends out there that don't know Kaya, Kaya, could you just give us a little bit of a background growing up in agriculture in California, and then then I'll quit rambling on here. I'm just excited to be talking to you again here today. Oh, Lane, you're the sweetest. Well, um, yeah, for those of, for those people that maybe haven't heard my story yet, I'm going to try to be brief. That's not my specialty. I tend to be a little long-winded, Lane, so feel free to cut me <laughs> off if you need to. But um, I grew up in rural California on the outskirts of San Luis Obispo County, and my family's been ranching here for now seven generations since the late 1800s. So I grew up living and breathing agriculture. Um, we have a Stalker cattle operation primarily, small cow-calf herd, and we also do some contract cattle for some rope and steers across the West Coast as well. Um, I decided to go to school at UC Davis. I'm so thankful that I picked an ag school, even though I was not an ag major, but my career really began in agriculture, communications and advocacy. And um, I started my, I guess you could call it my first big kid job out of college was for the Kentucky Beef Council. So I started my career in the checkoff space, really being a voice to help bridge the gap between producers and consumers. And two of my greatest passions in the world are agriculture and people. And really being able to be at the intersect of those two is, is where I feel m most alive in the industry. You know, I recognize that my strength in our industry lane, I know it is not in the production side of things. That's how I was <laughs> raised. But I think that my strength in our industry is really more in in speaking and being that voice and sharing the stories. And so I was I was so thankful for an opportunity to to really hone those skills while working for the checkoff there in Kentucky. Um 
Well, while I was in Kentucky, I um, started another journey besides just my career, and that was my personal health journey. And um, I'm someone who has struggled with my weight my entire life, ever since I was a very little girl. And um, I was at a point where I said, you know what, I think it's about time I stopped blaming everything and everyone around me for why I'm feeling unhappy, unhealthy, and unfulfilled. And it took reading a book. Um, it was Rachel Hollis's book, Girl, Wash Your Face, which I read on a flight from Arizona to Kentucky, or from Kentucky to Arizona. That was really my wake up call that I had been playing victim in my life in a big way. And that was kind of the slap in the face, the loving slap in the face that I needed to really take ownership of my life. And so I said, you know what, if I want something different for myself, it's got to start by me um, making those choices for myself instead of looking outside of me for all the excuses that I blame everything on. And so I started with small, small habits, small, simple steps in October of 2018. And long story short, I ended up losing over 100 pounds in a year and over 125 pounds to date. And while I was on that journey, I just started sharing more about it very openly with um, my personal Facebook and Instagram followers. And people started asking me a lot more questions and asking what was working. And I just continued to be a storyteller. That's really what I think I do best is just I'm very open and vulnerable and honest. And um Long story short there, I accidentally became a life coach. Very unexpected. Not only did I lose the weight, but now I'm in this incredible position where um, I have the opportunity to empower um, women and men, but mostly women all across the world to really pursue their health, not from the fad diet perspective that I think we're taught to believe we need growing up, but really more about teaching them how to believe in themselves, rebuild their relationship with themselves and their body, and really create a, a life that they love from the inside out. And it feels like the greatest gift. And what's also wonderful about that lane is, um, when I was at the Kentucky Beef Council, I felt very conflicted in that job. One of the one of the programs I managed was our nutrition program, and I felt so hypocritical being this voice for the beef industry, talking about how beef's a part of a heart-healthy diet, when I know myself, I didn't exactly look the part. And I felt like I was doing a disservice to this industry I was raised in. And now, coming full circle, I'm in a position where I am the best beef advocate that I could ever be because I really focus on um, healing my relationship with myself first. And now I can be a an even stronger voice for the beef industry. And that feels like such a gift as well. Well, again, thank you for sharing your story with us again. And uh, um, it, it was really great, as I mentioned, that the podcast we did over a year ago, you being able to, to share your story and then uh, for myself to watch you be able to share your message. And there, there's so much negativity on social media. And to be able to be scrolling through Facebook or, or Instagram, Kaya, and, and just to, to hear your messages every day, because um, that's how I keep up with you. It, it truly, it, it makes my day better because there is so much negativity on social media. So thank you for just having a positive message and motivating people uh, to just live better lives. Thank you for that. Well, thank you, Lane. I'm so happy to hear that. I'm uh, I'm happy to share a little a little light in the world. You're right. There is a lot of negativity out there, but I think it's important for us to remember that um, all of us are a lot more alike than we are different, and there's always joy to be found in the day. Now, over the past year, you've had a great opportunity to be a, a voice for the cattle industry, whether that is being 
in really big magazines and uh, sharing your message out there and at the same time sharing your agriculture journey as well. And then also, I, I believe a gal named Ke- Kelly Clarkson listened to the, our, our podcast conversation. <laughs> Is that how she heard about it? She listened to maybe, the Cattlemen's Calls? You, yeah, maybe you just you got the scoop before she did and she tuned in, Lane, and was like, I got to call this girl. <laughs> I, I think that's it. <laughs> I, I, I'm almost certain that's not how she found out about <laughs> <laughs> uh, about your story, but uh, what what has it been like uh, being able to go and share your story, not just on social media now, but on on big national uh, uh, outlets, whether that be print or, or TV, like uh, your debut on the Kelly Clarkson show this week? Yeah, it's it has been a wild experience in the best possible way. So a lot has happened, Lane, since we last chatted. Man, um, so yeah, last last May, end of May, beginning of June was was when I had the incredible opportunity of having my story shared in People Magazine, and People Magazine pitched the story to Good Morning America pitched it to Access Hollywood. It was in the Daily Mail. And that story last year ended up reaching over 1.5 billion people worldwide, which was insane. I've never received so many messages in Russian and like languages I didn't even know existed. I had to Google them, (laughs) um, which was, which was really cool to not only be able to share my, my story here locally in the States, but also in, in an international way as well. And, and as you mentioned this last week, I, uh, had the, awesome opportunity of being a guest on the Kelly Clarkson show as well. And, um, it's been, it's been such a, a surreal experience. Um, and at the same timeline, this might sound silly, but it also feels like everything was leading up to this. Like in a way it felt totally, I was like, I was like pinching myself because it didn't feel real that I was sitting on a couch across from Kelly Clarkson. But on the other hand, I was like, of course I'm sitting on a couch next to Kelly Clarkson because I've done all the, you know, mental work on believing in myself and really challenging what I believe is possible. And so um, it's been really cool to continue to challenge to challenge what I what I think is possible for myself and see that come to fruition. But so, Lane, you know, one of the funniest things about this is uh, when I was on the Kelly Clarkson show, she had told me she's like, wow, you're you're such a natural at this. It seems like you're on national television all the time and I have to give a huge 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 shout out and credit to um my job at the Kentucky Beef Council because part of that job lane was I was the director of consumer affairs so I was in charge of doing all of our media interviews so I was the girl that was there on the morning news in Lexington Kentucky cooking up beef recipes for Super Bowl with the local news anchor and I was doing all the radio interviews and having to speak in front of these groups and I had to work with influencers and media campaigns and I would have never imagined how all the skills that I learned there while really starting my career in beef advocacy would translate so well and perfectly to what I do now. And so um, I, I don't want people out there to discredit the speaking opportunities that you have starting in 4-H and FFA and through your career, because who knows, one day you might be on the Kelly Clarkson show and be so thankful you had to do all of that. <laughs> No, exactly. And uh, that that's why I'm such a big advocate for 4-H and FFA or any youth program that yeah. you know is a place for, for young men and women to go and just grow their professional uh, development skills and, and whatnot. You know, we, we talk about just being an advocate and sharing your message. What are some of the, the key things that you share on a daily basis as a life coach? Because I think when people maybe hear the term life coach, they might say, oh, I'm going to roll my eyes, a life coach. Who needs a life coach? <laughs> uh, but but what, what are some of the key things that you hope people walk away with 
and uh, and just being able to say, hey, someone's there to support me. Yeah, great question, Lane. And it's hilarious that you say that because I mentioned that I became a life coach by accident, right? And so I had someone come up and ask me if I would be their life coach. And when they asked me the first time, I was like, what in the heck is a life coach? Like, am I qualified to do that? What does that even mean? And so I've been figuring it out for myself. But um, really what I do as a life coach is I am someone who helps helps other people realize their own potential and really move past some of their limiting beliefs and the stories that we hold on to and tell ourselves that simply aren't true, but feel true. And so a lot of the work that I do um, with women primarily is really mindset work. And, um, you know, I think people think like, oh, Kaya is a life coach. She helps women lose weight. And while women that work with me do sometimes lose weight more than anything, I help women rebuild their relationships with themselves and kind of rediscover their own self-worth and free them from a lot of the, a lot of the lies that we've been, been fed to our lives and, um, help them just, um, create a healthy life that they love, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally as well. And so some of the ways that I do that beyond coaching directly is through my social media, I want to, um, I want to hold space for people to realize that having bad days, having negative thoughts, struggling with your body image and your self-worth does not make you broken. It makes you a human. And I think one of the most powerful things or, or one of the best ways that I connect with my community is by being authentically who I am and being vulnerable, not just in the good parts of life, but also in the hard parts. Because I think that sometimes, especially when we're on social media, we see these feeds that look perfect and wonderful. And then we start comparing ourselves to these feeds thinking like, well, they all have their life figured out. But the truth is, is that life is 50-50 for everybody. We all have 50% good days, we all have 50% bad days. Doesn't matter how many cows you own, how big your ranch is, how much money is your bank, where you live. The fact of it is, is that the human experience is 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 good and bad. It's joyous and sorrowful. And I think that if I can, if I can empower women to learn how to to have bad days, learn how to make mistakes, learn how to fail, forgive themselves, and stand back up, I think that's one of the best ways that I can empower people. Um, is is by showing them that that it's okay to to have those bad days and to overcome them and give them tools on how to do that. Now, Kaya, maybe relating this back to production agriculture just mm-hmm. a little bit, what advice, and I'm sure you do have the opportunity to share advice to producers out there, but what advice do you share with them just to help improve their mindset? Because farming and ranching is tough. We've seen oh, yeah. uh, the, the mental stress and the mental health that come uh, issues that w- we have in rural America just because we are in a gamble every, every single year uh, being Absolutely. in this business. W- what are some tools, resources, and um, just advice you give with uh, producers uh, if you engage with them? Yeah, that's that is a great question, Lane. And I think I think one of the pieces of advice that I would give a producer out there is um, I think especially in agriculture, you know, we are an industry that prides ourselves on our grit and our toughness. And, you know, we we make things work. We 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 work really hard day and night, 24-7, and we pride ourselves on on that toughness and that strength. And while that is so good, that's one of the reasons why we're so resilient, why we're so tough and hardworking, I think sometimes we take it a little bit too far and we forget to hold space for ourselves to not be that tough version that has to act like everything is okay all the time. And I think my biggest piece of advice for for someone is that is just to feel 
your feelings. And I know that sounds so silly and cheesy, Lane, but this is the visual I want to I want to share for this that I think is helpful. I think a lot of us when we have negative emotions come up and maybe it's, you know, maybe it's mental health struggles because Maybe the, we're worried we're going to lose the farm. We're worried we're going to lose the ranch. Maybe we have some really terrible weather and, you know, it's really affecting the health of our cattle. I know that there are, there are a lot of things that farmers and ranchers are dealing with. And I think it's our, our tendency to bottle up that emotion, hide it, and shove it away. We don't want to have to feel it. We, won't, we, won't, we don't want to look vulnerable. And we just keep shoving it away. And the way I like to explain this is when you have these emotions, whether it's anger, frustration, sadness, whatever that looks like, when you shove that away, it's like taking a beach ball that would be floating on top of the water and shoving it under the surface. And we don't want to feel negative emotions. We don't want to show people that we're struggling. And so we just keep pushing that beach ball further and further underwater. But what happens when you lose your grip on that beach ball? It doesn't just slowly float up to the top of the surface. It usually bursts through the surface and usually at an inopportune moment. And the truth is, is that we cannot shove our feelings away all we're doing is procrastinating or, or pushing it away to deal with it at a later time. And I want to encourage people, men too, because I think men especially are raised to be these tough guys, right? I, I encourage you to learn how to feel it all and not be afraid of an emotion and learn how to process those as they happen instead of creating this, this pressure of these emotions that you keep shoving away deep down. And I think one of the best ways to do that is to, to speak them out to talk about them out loud. You know, like if, if you think about mold growing in the back of a dark closet, the longer that it's hidden away, the bigger and scarier that mold's going to get. But what happens when we bring it out, bring it into the air, bring it into the light, it's going to dissipate. And I, I want to encourage people that if you are struggling, if you are having a hard time right now, find someone that you trust, find someone that you respect and just share what you're going through. Allow yourself to feel that and process that. That is one of the most loving and healthy things that we can do for ourselves is just to allow ourselves to communicate what we're going through. And maybe you have a friend, maybe it's someone that you get coffee with at your local Hardee's when you talk about cattle, like be willing to open up about that because we all struggle. We all have hard times. And I think it's important that we have a space where we can, we can talk about it. And Kaya, we're all human. We all have days where, you know, we don't feel like we're doing a very good job. How do you walk yourself through those days to, to keep going, to, to, to stay positive and stick to your goals. Uh, because again, like I said, we're all human. We all think, Oh, it's a cheat day. I can get away with this. How, yeah. how do you walk yourself through that? Uh, yourself being a life coach and coaching yourself through that as well. Yeah, this is such a good question, Lane. And I, I want to share with you the four G's. Okay. And I, I call this my uh, my self love freedom framework. You can just call it the freedom framework, and it's it's four G's. And this is this is really a cycle that has helped me throughout my health journey. But it can be applied to my career journey, my entrepreneur journey, to relationships, really every aspect of our life. And the first G is gratitude. If I am struggling, if I am feeling down in it, however it is that I'm feeling, it always help me helps me to first root myself in gratitude. Because when we are when we are feeling like. Oh, the world is against me. There's so much. This all feels too heavy. There's something that I want that I can't get, whatever that is. I think we forget to notice that so much of the things that we want, we already have. Even if it's simply air in our lungs and a heart being in our chest and another day to live this life, we all have something to be grateful for. So bringing myself back, grounding myself in gratitude is always the best place to start, no matter where I'm at. 
The second piece is grit. And I know that farmers and ranchers have got this one down, right? We are, we are an industry made of grit. But grit is really where action comes in, right? If you want something and you want to pursue something, it's going to take you taking intentional action. But this is the thing about it. I think that a lot of us, whether it's your health journey or, or whatever it is, I think we assume that in order to get there, I have to dramatically overhaul my lifestyle overnight in order to accomplish that. But the magic is in the baby steps. It's not about going from zero to 60 overnight. It's about committing to being 1% better each and every day. That's it. The micro steps. So gratitude and grit. The third is grace. So this is where it comes in where, listen, we're all human. We're going to make mistakes. If you made a mistake today, that's okay. You're probably going to make another one. You're probably going to make a lot more mistakes. But the truth is, is that growth doesn't happen when we're finding success. Growth happens when we fail. Growth happens when we struggle. And so having that grace, learning how to make a mistake and ask yourself, what, what can I learn from this? What, what was the lesson within this? Um, and learn to give ourselves some freedom and permission to make mistakes and stand up stronger and keep going is huge. And the last G is growth. And that's where we really, that's, that's really what happens on the other side of these struggles. You know, even my health journey as an example, I used to think that my battle with weight was my biggest curse of my entire life. On this side of it though, Lane, I'm able to say that my battle with weight and body image and all of that was my greatest blessing because because I walked through that struggle, that's what made me the version of who I am today. And I am so proud of this version of me. And I would not be who I am today had I not walked through that. And so I think that if we can continue that cycle of rooting ourselves in gratitude, making sure we have the grit to be willing to take the next step forward, giving ourselves grace when we make mistakes, because you're going to continue making mistakes. And you know what, to be honest, Lane, I hope that you do. I hope everybody out there continues to fail and fail their face off because it is through that failure that we find our greatest growth. And also, uh, especially uh, we, we see maybe in farming and ranching, how folks maybe will hold on to the past or how things have mm -hmm. always been done yeah. or somebody has a chip on their shoulder because maybe they didn't get that section of land, they didn't inherit it, or they weren't able to buy it. Um, what, what are some conversations you have with people to learn from the past but not mm -hmm. live in the past? I I love this. Someone actually shared in our our my membership Facebook group today, it was a, a picture of a road and it says, don't look back. You're not going in that direction. And I think that when we live in the past and we hold on to these grudges or we hold on to these things that happened, it's like tying yourself to a boulder and you're not going to allow yourself to, to get anywhere moving forward. And what I want people to really think about is how has your past served you? How can you find that gratitude and growth within what has happened? What are the lessons that you learned in there? But I want you to look ahead. Like when we are so focused on the past, we are anchoring ourselves and keeping us stuck. So yes, learn from the past, but I want you to think, where do I want to be six months from now? Where do I want to be a year from now? Five years from now? What is the best possible version of me look like? What is the best po possible version of me and my operation look like? And how can I show up right now today in a way that's going to get me one baby step closer to that? Because I think that when we, when we fixate too much on the past, we are completely missing the point, which is the direction that we're headed in front of us. So I'm with you, Lane. We've got to, we've got to use our past to, to find those lessons and, and that's where a lot of our growth has happened. But I want you to think about where it is you want to go. And the way that you get there is by taking that one baby step forward. 
Now, Kai, you mentioned you reached over a billion people uh, through uh, Good Morning America and, and being on the cover of People Magazine as well. Uh, did you actually have an opportunity uh, to engage about uh, beef? Because I, I know people, uh, we, we love to tout uh, the nutritious qualities of beef and, and how it does fit into a healthy lifestyle. Uh, was that a great opportunity, though? To, for, did folks engage you on growing up on a cattle ranch and, and promoting beef? Yes, absolutely. And you better believe, Lane, that I used every opportunity possible <laughs> to mention that I grew up on a ranch or, you know, I think I think when it comes to health, people always assume that they want to ask me, like, what foods do you eat or what did you cut out? And really, my my approach to food is that there are no bad foods. And um, I mean, beef in itself, I would never put it in the bad food category, but there's a lot of misconceptions out there. And people do have their ideas about how beef is, you know, bad for your heart health or whatnot, which you and I both know is, is simply not true. And so in those conversations, I, I always tout, you know, I did this by enjoying the foods that I love that keep me satisfied, like steak. And I'd list a few other ones as well. Um, but it was a great opportunity for me to just not even be like a a, a salesy person plugging beef, but just like authentically be honest with people about my favorite diet food is beef. They actually put that in Access Hollywood Lane. What that was a line they put on there was <laughs> my favorite diet food is beef, and I'm like, now that is a line you do not hear in Hollywood. No, very dang often. And so I was, I was so proud of that. And you know, what was pretty surprising to me is, um. I was honestly expecting, because in every single one of my my articles, my TV segments, everything I've been in, I always talk about growing up on a ranch, and I always mention beef, always. And I was surprised at how little backlash thus far I've received about that. Now, I have gotten some crazy people that have slid into my DMs telling me that I'm like, you know, terrible and all the things. You know, there's, there's plenty mm -hmm. of wackos out there that have their opinions. But overall, I think that people want to have permission to eat foods that they enjoy like beef. And I think for a lot of people, there's just so much noise around there and mis misinformation. And I think people are, aren't sure what to believe and what to think. And so if they're able to look at me on TV, like, oh my gosh, look, this cattle rancher has had this incredible transformation. And one of her favorite foods is beef. Hey, maybe I don't have to give that up. Maybe there's a place for me to continue eating these foods that I love, like burgers, like steaks, like, you know, whatever that is. And so it's been really cool to, to not have as much of that backlash as I was expecting and to really be in a position where I can empower people to continue to enjoy beef and feel confident in their decision to do so. And uh, also just what are some of the best ways that uh, cattlemen and women can share their story. I, I know we really got into depth uh, during our Ag Influencers podcast about that that social media isn't for all farmers and ranchers. Right. And there's certain things that, you know, you should probably stay away from because, again, we've we've been told for 20-plus years now that we have to tell our story. And I, I'm going to be, when I hopefully can hit the speaking circuit again from uh, the farm broadcaster perspective of things, I really don't know anything. You know, when you're asked to be a keynote speaker, there's a lot more people in the audience that have way more life experience in the industry than <laughs> me. But I think one of my uh, talking points is just going to be, uh, you know what? We spread a lot of misinformation ourselves by sharing links from vegannews.com when we're frustrated yeah. with what they post. And here, here and there, um, you know, I, uh, I, I, I have a love hate relationship with social media. I truly do. Sure. 
And but what what are some tips again that you have for folks out there and just uh, being present on social media, sharing a positive story, sharing the hardships with it, but uh, but not going over you know overdoing it or, or really you know sharing stuff they really shouldn't or being in discussions or arguments that they really shouldn't be a part of. Yeah, man, the internet can be a place that really breeds some of the craziest arguments, I tell you. And the thing is, is that I don't think I've ever seen an argument on social media where someone's like, oh, wow, thank you so much. I think I've changed my mind. Like, that just doesn't happen, right? People are just their keyboard keyboard warriors over there. They're never going to find common ground with the way that they approach it. And so um, I think, I guess I would say my biggest piece of advice for social media advocacy is... Um, if you're trying to decide what to share, I think that sometimes we can get so caught up in consuming social media that we lose sight of who we are as individuals and our own story. And I also think it's easy for people to look and be like, well, she's doing, she's advocating this so well. Like she's already really good at it. I don't have a story that's as cool as hers or whatever it is. And we get caught up in the comparison game in general on social media. And what I want everyone to know is that whatever your role is in our industry, in the beef industry, Maybe you're a farm broadcaster. Maybe you're a life coach that just happened to grow up on a ranch. Maybe you're a food scientist. Maybe you're an FFA student. Maybe you are the one that's out there checking calves. You yourself as an individual have a unique story and a unique perspective to share. And if you have heart and the desire to share that story, I want you to know that you have permission to do so. You don't have to think you need to have a certain number of followers to do it, that you have to have, you know, Whatever background it is, I think that every single person in our industry plays a, a special role. And when it comes to sharing your story, be who you are. Because what's to be honest with you, and I know the girls that we talked with on our last podcast, they'd agree with me here. Um, when you really connect with people, it's not when you're trying to put together the most polished post, right? It's not when you're trying to put together the most perfect advocacy piece. It's when you show up as a human. Because the truth is, is that humans connect with other humans. People connect with people. They don't connect with statistics. They don't connect with, um, you know, I mean, science is important. Don't get me wrong. Share the science. But at our core, people connect with other people. And so if you can show up as a human, as your authentic self, I think that that is sometimes where the best nuggets of advocacy connect, right? Um, like if you are a mom on a ranch, guess what? You can connect to a mom in New York City. You guys have more in common than you have different. And I think we forget that, especially in, in the current climate that we're in, we become so polarized thinking that it's us and them. And we are all, we are all human at our core and we all have common shared values. And I think if we can get back to that, I think that that's where the conversations, the productive conversations can really happen. And you don't have to have a fancy camera, take fancy photos, have fancy video editing skills. You just have to start somewhere, start where you're at. And if just like with everything else, Lane, whether it's a, a health journey, a career journey, or you're a social media advocacy journey, look at where you're at. And how can you just show up 1% better tomorrow? And that's going to look different for you than it will for someone else. And that is beautiful. And that is okay. We are all on our own journeys. And you can honor what that looks like for you and just show up authentically as you are and share your heart. I think that's my best piece of advice. Well, Kaya, thanks for sharing that advice. And I, I actually really hope that we can uh, round up uh, 
Macy and Courtney and yourself again. And I still think your moms need to be a part of that conversation too. Oh my were, gosh. They would love that. <laughs> they, they were on the sidelines. And I mean, you talk about some cheerleaders, uh, your three moms that were on the sidelines there yes. uh, partaking in that show. Uh, I still think that would be a, a great conversation, but uh, I love that idea, but no, I hope we can do that. And, and, and but Kaya, you also have uh, you, you have a wedding coming up as well. Yeah, yeah, it's coming up fast. And man, we're getting married uh, May eighth at our family's ranch. And so keeping keeping to the roots. And I'm married a Kentucky, or I'm marrying a Kentucky guy. So somehow I I imported him over here to the West. Uh, but I'm I'm really excited, and it's going to be a wonderful day. But man, planning a wedding is no joke. I tell you. So Kelly Clarkson is is the band. Is that right? You know. Well, I, I, I like to think that me and Kelly Clarkson had a moment and we're best <laughs> friends for life. I don't think my budget can quite afford her yet, but maybe one day. We do have a live band, though, and I am so excited about it. <laughs> well, hey, congratulations. Uh, May is a great month to get married. That's when I got married. So uh, Love it. Yeah, but uh, no. Uh, again, uh, Kaya Twizzleman, thank you so much for for jumping on air with this little old cattle industry podcast that uh, <laughs> that you are, were, were a guest on over a year and a half ago and uh, thanks for thanks for thinking of us little farm broadcasters and cattlemen's call podcast hosts when when you just uh, were on tv with old kelly clarkson i appreciate that Oh, stop it, Lane. You're big time. I feel so honored to be here. Thank you. Well, hey, again, uh, Kaya, could you maybe uh, share where folks can uh, follow you on social media, your website, or how they can get in contact with Coach Kaya? Absolutely. So to find out more about me and my story or connect with me, you can go to coachkaya.com for my website. I also do a lot of speaking gigs. So if you want to hear me in your local town, now that the world is hopefully opening back up, you can also message me there on social media. My favorite platform is Instagram. I'm coach underscore Kaya, K-I-A-H. I'm also on Facebook as Coach Kaya, and I'd love to connect with you. Well, you heard it there, folks. Look her up on Instagram and her other social media pages. But uh, Kaya Twizzleman, our guest today, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Lane. All right, friends, that will do it for this edition of the Cattleman's Call podcast. I'm Lane Northland. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to NCBA's Cattleman's Call podcast with Lane Nordland. For more information, visit ncba.org and make sure to subscribe to the podcast today.